Welcome to the Amy Rushworth Show. I'm your host, Amy. I'm so glad you're here. I'm an empowerment and sexual wellness coach, breathwork teacher, podcaster, course creator, badass bitch, and a globally recognized thought leader on empowerment. And I'm here to help you if you're ready to fuck off the rules and create a life of unashamed, unapologetic pleasure and deep, deep confidence. I have a burning passion for the taboo and naughty areas of womanhood that we're not supposed to talk about, such as sexual wellness, bold self-expression, defying social expectations, and so much more. The topics that we're typically taught to shut up about or be ashamed of are the conversations I live for, and those are the kind of juicy, soulful chats that are going down on this show. My intention is for you to step into your most outrageously free, unapologetically expressed version of you. So if that sounds like a vibe, let's fucking go. Are you ready? Hey Queen, this episode is going to be a short and a sweet one, but such an important one. I feel like some of you are going to listen to this multiple times in the moments where you're trying to unpick this question of, is this my intuition speaking or is this my fear speaking? And anytime I do a Q&A on Instagram or, uh, you know, I post about something like this, I always get questions about it, Amy. How do I know if it's my intuition or my mind or my fears? Like, how do I discern that? And so in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about how I untangle those thoughts and find the discernment of what the voice inside is trying to tell me. So if you want to borrow my process, feel free. I also think that there's room for nuance because we're all so different We all have a different way that we operate. We have different blueprints. We have different lived experiences. We have different human design profiles and different ways that we source our own channel, that we source spirit, God, universe, and our own intuition. But I feel like what I'm going to share today is something that you can take as kind of like a template and apply it to your own unique understanding of what intuition looks, feels, sounds like for you. But the first thing that I want to touch on is that often when I'm being asked this question, it's coming from human beings or women who are deep into their spiritual journey or their spiritual awakening or their personal development journey. And the reason that I mention this is because there's like two sides to this, right? Which can really amplify our ability to hear and discern and understand our intuition, but there can also be like a flip side to it. So when you're on this journey of learning about how you operate, how you move through the world, uh, learning about your trauma, learning about your way of being, how your soul is meant to operate in the world, whether that's through like the lens of human design or astrology or personal development or understanding your limiting beliefs, etc., you open up this new dimension or this like huge kaleidoscope of awareness of self, right? So you start to understand like, oh, okay, I'm this profile or this is what happened to me in my childhood. And so this is why I get triggered by this or why I approach things in these ways. 
And on one hand, this is the best thing ever because you understand the difference between your conditioning versus what your higher self would have you do. And you get all of these new pathways and avenues that open up where you can start to make different choices that are more in alignment for you. On the flip side, though, sometimes when we have this really broad or this really complex understanding of all of these systems, technologies, frameworks, we can almost like go to the opposite end of the spectrum where our mind has been imprinted with all these preconceived notions of, you know, what we're supposed to do, what the spiritual thing for us is to do, what our human design says we should do. And even though for probably 90% of the time that's amazing and so expansive sometimes it can also like put a break on our actual intuition because we're almost like outsourcing complete power to these systems or these tools outside of us and we can end up in this overthinking spiral because our intuition might tell us to do something that is against what we've learned in that workshop or what we learned in that astrology reading. So I'm really a big fan of using all of these tools of understanding, but never seeing them as like more powerful than your soul, your spirit, your inner standing of what your soul wants you to do. Because sometimes part of our soul path and part of what our intuition will lead us into isn't going to be like perfect and high vibe, right? Sometimes our soul or spirit or our intuition guides us into circumstances, experiences, relationships, dynamics that on paper kind of seem negative or they kind of seem like, oh, like, why did I do that? Did that come from my ego? But sometimes our intuition actually leads us into those quote unquote negative or shadow experiences for a higher divine expansive purpose. And so if you've ever been through the dark night of the soul, or you've been through a really difficult or even traumatic experience in your life, and you've come out the other side of it, what a lot of us who have been through that can kind of understand is that there was a divinity in that. And actually, even though we might've been acting somewhat out of fear or out of our patterns, like there was also kind of like this intuitive thread of perfection that led us through those experiences so that we could actually access these higher dimensions of our life path or our soul path, right? So it's important to know that there is no right or wrong when it comes to the decisions that you're making, even if you're making them from a fear-based state. Like I think one of the most empowering things that I've learned in my journey of spirituality and personal expansion is that the less I make myself wrong for it, actually, the more I can access my intuition, the more I can access the highest calling that I've been called to the earth to create, to walk, to move through. And I actually think a lot of the time when we make things like fear wrong, or we think like, fear is completely wrong and I should only be intuitive and only acting from my higher self at all times. We're actually like bringing our human judgment into it and sort of disregarding that there's this bigger plan at play. There's this bigger intuitive matrix moving through our experience at all times. And so 
even though we can look back on certain experiences or behaviors or choices that we've made and go, okay, yeah, you know what? In hindsight, probably shouldn't have done that. Or in hindsight, I know much better now. I'm not going to repeat that. There's also like this sort of intuitive magic to all of the experiences, even if we learn from them and we learn that we want to do things differently. So I just wanted to like bring this in, first of all, to help you to recognize like there is no right or wrong and we should never use our spiritual frameworks or our, you know, desire to be more intuitive as like a reason or another reason to make ourselves wrong, right? Because humans, we're really good at making ourselves wrong all the time and it doesn't actually help us to create more magic. It actually just creates more resistance and slows us down on the intuitive pathway, And the other reason that I don't believe in making our fear or our past fear-based decisions wrong is that we actually get more discerning and we get more in touch and it's much easier to feel and know your intuition because of those experiences. So, you know, in the same context, sometimes we can really feel so much joy and we can really understand what true love feels like because we've had the opposite experience. The same way we only know what courage is because we know what fear is. We only know what beautiful heart expanding love is when we've known the depths of heartbreak or grief or sadness in some way. So there is a polarity and a duality about the experience of fear and intuition as well. And so we don't want to erase fear. We want to see fear as like a counterpart or like another energy that is at play in our human experience, our very real, totally okay human experience and it's actually in a way like a companion to intuition because it helps us to see the contrast and I can tell you now like I really trust my intuition so deeply these days because I know what it feels like to only trust my fear and to act from that place And it was through those experiences and through those kinds of behaviors and actions and choices that I was able to learn, ah, okay, my intuition feels and sounds different to the thought process that happened when I made that decision. So my invitation to you is to recognize that neither of these experiences is superior, but it's like seeing them as like ingredients in the soup of living your best life. And with that being said, you don't need to erase your fear in order to operate from your intuition. Because a lot of the time, your intuition is going to call you to make moves that don't make sense, or they feel really courageous, or they feel really big, or even like make huge pivots in perhaps your career or your relationships or your money mindset or like whatever it is that you're navigating. And anytime courage is present, there's going to be fear that's also present because we can't have courage without fear. Fear is what makes courage, courage. (laughs) So it's not about erasing the fear either. It's about learning to hear and feel the difference between the voice of fear and the voice of intuition so that you can kind of like hold hands with both and then make the move that your intuition is telling you to make. So let's get down to the juicy bit. This is how I understand 
when it's my intuition versus when it's my fear guiding me to make some kind of choice. So when it's intuition, intuition is usually a more quiet voice. It's a more steady, clear, kind of calm voice. Sometimes I explain it to my clients as like a little hum. And where you feel that hum might be different for you, like a lot of you listening, perhaps you have a sacral authority in human design, so you might get like that sort of sensation in your gut, or if you're a splenic authority, maybe you get that sensation in your spleen. For me in human design, I have completely open centers except for my head centers, and so I I have this very unusual way of being and feeling and sensing the world where I I really hear a lot of my intuition actually in my head. So it's not in my brain, it's not in my mind, but it's it's in the kind of knowing of my third eye and my head. Um, But most people or a lot of people actually have an open head center, so they have a very different physical experience of intuition. But nonetheless, regardless of where you feel intuition, I would say that it typically feels like a very clear and calm knowing or suggestion. It's kind of like the energy of like, hey, what would it be like to do this? Or that would be cool to do this. Or maybe it's that like you're noticing you're really drawn to a certain person online. Uh, You could even be triggered by them. A lot of the women who end up being really deep soulmate clients of mine and even friends have said that they felt like quite triggered by me when they first came across me. But through their intuition, they're actually guided to lean in a little bit deeper. And then what they found kind of behind the door of that activation was like, ah, I actually want to work with you. I actually really desire to be in your space and you have some kind of code for me. So the energy of intuition is typically more of this, this quiet energy, but sometimes it can hide behind a visceral experience like a trigger or uh, feeling jealous of someone or comparing yourself to someone, right? And it's like hiding behind fear, right? The voice of fear or the sensation of fear is typically a lot stronger or let's say like a lot louder depending how you experience your fear in your body. When there's fear, I sort of believe like there's more of this demanding energy, there's more of this summoning energy, this pressure energy, or even a convincing energy. For some of you, it might even be like a jolt of sensation, a trigger, a feeling of what if this happens or what if this doesn't happen? And it feels more of like an activated energy. And this is the interesting thing that I was saying before around how fear and intuition can sometimes be dancing beside each other or like tangoing together because a lot of the time if intuition has this kind of more quiet sensation but it's asking you to do something that feels really big or really courageous the fear might immediately pounce in or set in after that and kind of like muddy the space a little bit or because the voice of fear is much louder it can kind of come in and almost feel more compelling than what your intuition was saying the same way you know If you, uh, maybe you go on like a really beautiful date with someone and you feel this really beautiful connection with them intuitively. And then all of a sudden the voices come in, like, what if they're not going to message me or, 
oh my God, they didn't reply. And so it must mean this. And that almost takes precedence or center stage because the voice is so much louder. It feels so much bigger. It feels more like it needs your attention, right? So this is why, again, it's important to recognize that sometimes we have to untangle the two voices rather than just experiencing this big space of confusion and different voices and loud voices and a quiet one and like not knowing and just recognizing that sometimes finding our intuition is a process of unraveling everything that's going on internally. And so when that does happen, And when that happens for me, particularly if I'm feeling like I kind of want to do something, but then I'm feeling really confused and then I go in this energy of going back and forth, this might also happen for you when you're wanting to make a big move or maybe you want to invest in a coach or you want to do some kind of healing. I don't know, you want to like do something and then all of a sudden you get in this push-pull energy or this confused energy this is the next step that I would typically go to. So I'll know that it's my mind and my fear coming in when the convincing starts to really ramp up. And it's usually trying to convince me out of something. So it's usually trying to convince me out of making a move, out of investing, out of sending that message, out of having that conversation, especially if the initial pull was to do the thing. And I can tell that it's like this convincing energy because it will keep like zooming in and out of my mind. Like I'll just keep thinking about it and I'll keep going, oh, what should I do? And I'll, I'll go, yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, right? Whereas like when I initially had the move to do it, it was kind of just the energy of, hey, that could be a vibe. I feel really drawn to that. And then the big confusing energy comes in. So... When the what ifs show up, like what if this happens? What if this fails? What if I do this and it goes real crazy? (laughs) You know, Uh, usually that's a pretty good sign for me that it's my fear coming in. And so the next part of this process is kind of understanding, okay, where is this coming from? And typically our fear comes from the past, right? Even if we're thinking about something for the future. And I think this is where a lot of people kind of stumble with the intuition and fear piece because they think, well, how can it be about the past if I'm worrying about the what ifs in the future? But the thing is all of our what ifs about the future, all of our fear about the future, the consequences of making a choice come or are derived from our past experiences. Even if it's a completely new experience, like say investing in a business coach or taking a step in a relationship if you've never had a relationship before the mind will go well I've never had that experience before so how can my past be influencing this this is totally new but the thing is our present situations and choices that we're making about the future are being heavily influenced and impacted by our experience of the past. This is just psychology, you know, and the science of the brain and how our brains work. Our brains are designed to protect us and our nervous system has a memory and an imprinting of all of the experience in the past 
that have hurt us, that have shaped us, that have made us feel strong emotions, made us feel pain. And the job of our nervous system is to try and keep us feel safe and regulated and out of harm's way. And our brain is incredibly cunning, right? Our brain is doing exactly what it's meant to do, which is to keep us safe and to keep us out of pain and harm's way and comfortable. But the thing is, when your intuition is guiding you to make the moves of your higher self or your highest path, that's going to take you into new territory, right? A lot of the time, it's going to ask you or summon you to make decisions into new ways of being, new moves, new risks, new changes. And anytime something is new or unknown, Our brain is like, that feels unsafe, that feels uncomfortable, that feels like something that we're going to convince her not to do because we don't have an understanding of how that's going to work out and that feels dangerous. So it's not about throwing yourself completely in the deep end so that you re-traumatize yourself or you trigger all of this crazy stuff in your body. But it's about sitting with these feelings, sitting with these emotions. And like I said, starting to unravel like, hmm, okay, what are the voices here at the table? And how can I sit with them, feel into them, reflect on them, and then make a decision from a really regulated self-knowing place? And That's why it's important when you do have this push-pull energy coming through, starting to think about, okay, well, what am I afraid of? What are the what-ifs that are coming up? Write down all the what-ifs. You know, what if this fails? What if I lose this money? What if it turns out really shit? What if I reveal myself and I'm vulnerable and then I get rejected? And start to write them all out. And then you can kind of like zoom back into the past and go, okay, well, where was the first time that I ever felt this? And what did I do to cope with that? And then you can also do this exercise, which is, I believe it's known as fear mapping. And you start to go, okay, well, if that happened, what would be all the consequences of that? What would be the worst case scenario of that? And then you can start to think about, okay, well, what would I do? Would I survive? How would I pick the pieces up? How would I move through that? And through doing this, you're kind of like giving your mind a bit of control, which the mind is going to like, right? And it's going to be like, okay, cool. Well, if it didn't work out, then I would probably do A, B, and C. And would I be okay? Yeah, you know, I'd be sad. It would be painful. And then I would do A, B, and C. And then I would be okay. And this can sometimes help to just soothe the mind a little bit so that you can actually hear that intuition. Because again, the intuition is sometimes going to be a lot more quiet than this kind of like ragey voice of fear that wants to have the mic most of the time. And then, you know, it's good to sit with the different voices, feel into them, feel the feelings, feel the sensations, feel the fear, feel the potential consequences. Also, feel the voice of the intuition and start to think about some of the positive what-ifs too. Because a lot of the time we just think of the negative what-ifs. You know, we think, what if I do this and it all goes to shit? But there's also probably a huge range of positive what-ifs. What if I do this and my life completely changes in the most amazing way? 
What if I do this and I meet my soulmate? What if I do this and I know myself as so brave and I feel so amazing about that move that I made? What if I do this and I really learn my strength? What if I do this and I make a million dollars? What if I do this and I meet my best friend? You know, like there are so many beautiful what ifs. And I think sometimes we don't allow ourselves to indulge in the positive what ifs because we're afraid that if we indulge in those what ifs and they don't happen, that we won't be able to live with the disappointment or looking stupid or having people say, I told you so, or having people see us fail. And those are big emotions to sit with. Those are big fears to sit with. But what I can tell you is that the more that you learn to sit with your fear, the more success you can hold. The more you can sit with your pain and your painful what ifs, the more you can hold the most mind-blowing, abundant, wilder than you can ever imagine what ifs that become your reality. The more you can sit with the self-sabotaging thoughts of fear, the more easily you're going to move through the self-sabotage that might come up when you actually get everything you want. And that's important. So again, it's not about erasing fear. Fear is a teacher. Fear is also a compass at times. Fear has beautiful information for us. Fear is important. It's important that we feel it. But it's also important that we don't only act from our fear, that we don't live a life determined by fear. The mind and our fear are not wrong. We need them. It's important to have fear. It's important to acknowledge your fear when you're making practical decisions. Intuitive decisions also require you to be practical, right? Dreaming big, yes, it requires you to leave some fear behind, Yes, it requires you to dream up unrealistic dreams and make them happen, but the making it happen also requires practical steps and actions, right? So our fear is a good thing to think about, but we don't want it to lead all of the time. We don't want it to shout completely over the top of intuition so that we never make any moves from our dreams, from our intuitive space, from our heart, from our higher self. If you want to explore this more deeply, like if you're listening to this and your mind is just like blowing up right now and you're like, I need to massage this and work on this and feel into this more, I really recommend a book called Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway by Susan Jeffers. It's so old. The audio book is hilarious. I think it's like, you know, like audio books and Audible only sort of came about in the last, I don't know, like 10 years or so. This book must be from, I don't even know. It it sounds so old. I think they've literally taken it from cassette tapes and turned it into an audio book. But nonetheless, it's such a fantastic book. I'm sure some of you have probably heard of it, maybe even read it. But if you haven't, check it out because that's a really good one for looking at your fear and like the title says, feeling the fear and doing it anyway. And understanding the role that fear has to play that's positive versus when we can actually like move beyond the fear and do what we want to do.
The last thing that I do want to say about this is that feeling our fear and moving through our fear is going to be a really unique process for each of us. Some of us are going to be able to mentally grasp this concept almost immediately and like massage it intellectually and be able to work with it right away. Some of us are going to have to do deeper work with the body and the nervous system because we all have different lived experiences. We all have different wounds, trauma, nervous systems. Some of us have perhaps work and healing to do with the vagus nerve in the body, which can help us to feel safer. Some of us have different ways that we self-regulate or different ways that we feel dysregulated or triggered. You know, we're all so unique and no one is inferior or superior in their experience. We all have different struggles We all have different things that come easily to us and we all have different life paths that our souls are here to move through and different areas where we might have more difficulty or we need more patience or we need more love or healing or attention. And so if that's you and you have a history of a lot of pain or a lot of trauma, you feel like your nervous system is quite hypervigilant, you feel uh, triggered a lot of the time, your fears really send you into that kind of state, I would really recommend looking at specialists uh, in the area of vagus nerve and toning the vagus nerve. Uh, One of the best ways to tone the vagus nerve is breath work. Uh, If you want to come and do really deep, profound breath work, you can join my membership, Orgasmic Ascension. We do breath work every single month on the full moon and there's also a ton of recordings that are already inside of the membership that you can practice and use this has been so powerful for me personally it's just one of the deepest modalities for calming and regulating the nervous system and expanding your window of tolerance which is like your window of tolerance is your ability or your capacity to hold different emotions experiences without getting completely thrown into a trauma response or into a dysregulated state. And the reason I wanted to mention this is because sometimes, particularly say in the coaching industry, there can be a little bit of a, uh, like a dialogue of like, if you're triggered and you're afraid, it's good, just invest, just invest to move through it. And I think for like a lot of people, that's probably the truth. But for some people that can actually be really traumatic if they're just throwing themselves into the deep end of change or making really big moves and they don't actually have the inner resources to feel yes uncomfortable but safe in their body to do that and so it's really important that when we're looking at fear and making courageous decisions that we think about in terms of the consequences or we think about the decision is this uncomfortable or does this feel traumatic for me Because there's a difference between feeling the pain of discomfort, feeling out of your comfort zone, feeling like you're meeting your edges versus putting yourself into a state where you cannot deal with the consequences or it feels way too much for you and it's sending you into emotional spiral after emotional spiral. And if that's you, you've had that experience, I want you to know that you don't need to make yourself wrong for that if you've been encouraged to do that 
or if you did that and it made you feel worse, it didn't make you feel more empowered. If that is you or if you've been on the edge of that kind of experience, what you may like to do is just give yourself love and care and healing. Work with your nervous system. Make smaller decisions that feel uncomfortable but also feel expansive rather than sending yourself into a state where you don't feel safe or you don't have your needs met. A really prime example of this is, you know, if people invest all of their life savings into a business coach and they don't have any money to pay their rent, I would say that's actually not a good position to be in because you're going to feel unsafe. Your needs aren't met. You're going to be in a stress response. If you don't make the money back immediately or ever, it's going to be really painful for you. So it's about finding the sweet spot between, yes, an uncomfortable, scary decision versus a decision that's actually just too big of a decision for you right now, but doing the work in the interim to find the sweet spot for you. And I think that that's really important for me to share. (sighs) My loves, that's it for this episode. Could probably do a follow-up episode to it because I feel like this journey of discerning the intuition is always an ongoing one and I'm always learning more and more if you love this episode please share it share it with someone who could benefit you know share the love with them if you know someone who could really benefit from learning about intuition versus fear and how to work with the two and if you have time to leave a review on the podcast I'd be most grateful and I'm sending you so 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 much love thank you for being here and I'll catch you in the next episode Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this episode ignited you, expanded you, and enriched your heart, your mind, your life in some way. If it did, reach out on Instagram. My handle is this is Amy Rushworth, or you can head over to my website for all my courses, retreats, and magical offerings at amyrushworth.com. If the show feels like a vibe for you, make sure you subscribe. And if you have 60 seconds to rate and review, or even to just share the show with a friend, I would be so, so, so grateful and it helps more amazing, beautiful people like you to discover this show and to improve their lives for the better. Stay tuned for the next episode and until then, I'm sending you strength, grace, ferocious courage and a friendly reminder to always love yourself fiercely and to go out there and live your most unapologetic life.